0: You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast episode. Do it better! God, I hate this short leash. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 74, sponsored by geekarmor.com.
1: Could have been worse.
0: Hello and welcome to the iFanboy Pick Week podcast, episode number seventy-four. My name is Ron and I'm back from probation. Yay! (laughs) And I'm here with Josh. (laughs) Hello. And Connor. Hello, jerk. Let me tell you, it's been a long week. It's weird, it's, it's weird when you podcast and then you don't podcast and then you go back to podcasting. It just gets weird. So, anyway. Um, so, for th- those of you who aren't in the know, uh, we're from ifanboy.com. That's where we call uh, call home on the web. And uh, that's where we like to read and talk about comics. And each week, one of us picks the best comic that came out this past week and writes a little review of it. You can go to ifanboy.com and read it. But then we come here and we talk about it on this year's show. But. Uh, Wait. But wait, there's more. Um, we're going to talk about what happens in these comics, so that means you know some people get a little kind of you know touchy around the spoilers. So if you're one of those touchy people, um, put your hands to your sides and press pause. Um, and How can you up. press pause with your hands at your sides? That's a good. That's a good point. I didn't. I didn't think that through. So I'll be. I'll be honest with you. Not scripted. Not scripted at all. So um, yeah, just be, be careful. We might ruin something for you, like the fact that Spider-Man. We're going uh, to do our damnedest. Yeah, Spider-Man is Peter Parker. (gasps) So,
2: um, this week Connor has the pick, and speaking of Spider-Man. The best comic book this week was Ultimate Spider-Man 107. Isn't
1: it nice to hear him say that with just no ambiguity at all? There's no
2: equivocation, there's no conditions set to this one, it's just the best one. No, not at all. I put this comic down and I was like, damn, that was a really good comic book.
0: This might be the best comic of the decade. The single issue?
2: Yeah, the single issue. This is the best comic I've read in ten years. <laughs> <laughs> guys, it was good. <laughs> no, I think that's. I think you could make a case for Ultimate Spider-Man being one of the best comic books in the last ten years. Um, but this this particular issue itself had basically everything you're looking for in a comic book about a teen superhero. It had the whole romance angle. It had um, int- superhero costumed intrigue. Um, it was laugh out loud funny at parts. It was really emotionally um, jarring at parts. Um, this really, this took the whole spectrum of comic books, I think. And after I finished reading, and I thought, you know what? That's going to be hard to beat. And it was this, nobody even came close.
0: This was this was hands down a modern day Marvel comic book. I mean, this is like this is Spider-Man now. I mean, like it's I, I was blown away by it. it had...
2: And if you read this, it really puts the regular Marvel Universe Spider-Man in shame. I mean, it's not even. It's, it's it's not even a contest yeah um, but I, I another reason why I like this comic was because we the three of us often talk about the, the fact that we we can't find any independent comic books that we like are um, the ones that we are like they're all ending and we are and Ron's always looking for relationship comic books this is a really great relationship story in it and it it's is. almost it almost you don't need you almost don't need a Black and white indie autobiographical relationship story because I don't imagine one that'll be written as well as Bendis is writing the Spider-Man, Kitty, Mary Jane love triangle. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, like this, the, the first half of this book read like an episode of Nine to Two and O, and I loved it. I mean, it was great. It was it I was just people like,
2: went. That's why I'm not reading it.
0: Or or no, or read like an episode of Gilmore Girls. Almost. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. And the
2: whole yeah. the whole scene between yeah. between Kitty and Peter Parker on the the bleachers where they have their first talk after. Uh, they were dating – Kitty and Peter were dating, and then uh, Peter got back with Mary Jane, but he never really told Kitty. She found happens, out. It all happened so quickly. Yeah, it yeah, happened very quickly, and he didn't get a chance to tell her before she saw Peter. I think they were – were they kissing or hugging or
0: – I think they were kissing. It was right yeah, she saw, she,
2: together, yeah, she saw them kissing, and that's how she found out they were no well, longer dating.
0: Well, you know, maybe, Katie, maybe Kitty shouldn't have snuck up on Peter in her invisible X-plane. <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe given him a
0: chance to talk to her
2: about it. Exactly. But well, this is the first conversation since that happened and since she has transferred now into Peter and Mary Jane's school, which was a brilliant move. How genius is that? That was great. And um, I, gotta say, I, I gotta say that when she comes to the, when she gets introduced to the
0: class and everybody starts freaking out that she's a mutant and all that kind of stuff, and the whole time uh, Ultimate Jessica Jones is there who's like, yes, the school reporter and she's taking pictures with the camera phone, and that one shot at the very end of it when the teacher finally gets control of the class, and then you just see the ca- you see the camera phone. And it's a shot of Peter, and he looks just distraught. I thought yeah. that was that was great. That was poetic. It was awesome.
2: I love the fact that Ultimate Jessica Jones is in this book, and I yeah. I love the fact that she. It looks like she may end up having a little bit of a bigger role than just a throwaway like cameo, right, which yeah. is awesome. Um, yeah. Cause she's not going to be Spider Girl. No. <laughs> well, you never know. But um, the, the scene where the scene where Kitty comes into the class and, and it's awful, just the way she's treated by the students, like almost like a dancing monkey or a freak, um, that was great. And then the whole the whole heart to heart between Peter and Kitty was great. And then, on top of that, the whole the whole superhero side of the story is that a, a bunch of the New York City heroes are gathering together to to take out the Kingpin. I'm Crazy Moon Knight. It's Crazy Moon Knight, and it's Daredevil, and Doctor Strange, and Shang-Chi, and Iron Fist, and Spider-Man, and they're all meeting secretly on the rooftops to plot, um, taking out Kingpin. And I thought there were parts of that, parts of that scene that were just hilarious, and I um, just laughed out loud funny.
0: And, and that's the thing that, That's one of the things that makes the, the, um, the Ultimate Universe not better, but different than the Marvel Universe. Like, if these characters got together, they're all established, they have their, they have their voices, they have their things. And here, they're still kind of new. So, also like,
1: they they all know each other.
0: We, right. they, In the Marvel universe, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they know each other here, but not as well as they do. You know what I mean? They and don't, it's
1: funny because that yeah. was the point of the
2: of of civil, civil war. war. Yeah, they are. They are, They almost already have that world. It's just called the Marvel the Ultimate Universe.
0: Right, but you know, you know what? Yeah, exactly, which is a good point. But conversely, specifically with Daredevil and what Bendis did with Daredevil is that, remember when the shit hit the fan with Daredevil and the identity and everything, and he had. Luke Cage and Iron Fist um, as his bodyguards and like so it's like almost like it, it was even though they all knew each other Bendis was still able to spin it in a way that was creative um, at where I don't think Bendis would have needed Civil War but it's cool to see what he's doing here and that you know they don't really know each other they're still feeling each other out Moon Knight's crazy Doctor Strange is a you know a celebrity you know and apparently Iron Fist is a is a is a turncoat. So, Which pissed me which pissed me off. I was like, oh, not Danny Rand.
2: <laughs> Is it okay for anybody to be changed in the Ultimate Universe? No, not Danny Rand. Right, but maybe he's the double agent. Maybe, maybe he's, he's not, not really a turncoat. They're running maybe. the double-double agent. The double-double agent. It's yeah. like a David Mamet movie. You never know who's on whose side to the land. <laughs>
1: That's totally going to be it. <laughs> oh,
2: that, oh, yeah, he totally loves going. Mamet, you know, Bendis. Yeah, he does, yeah. 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 Wow, wow, there we go. He's
1: just a Spanish prisoner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that, that movie made my head hurt. Oh. Um... <laughs>
1: But slow I slow down talking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this um Are we talking about the, the movie? now? I see. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> this is just a great comic. I don't know I don't know any way to describe it other than the fact that um, I'm gonna be sad when Bagley leaves. I know People don't necessarily love his art, but I, I associate it so much with this book now that it's hard to think of it any other way.
1: I'm actually looking at some of the individual drawings in this, and a lot of it seems kind of rushed, but then I'm looking back at how much he drew. Sure. Like, uh, if you look at the very first section, it's all these kids in the classroom, and it's just like a, t- a ton of people and faces and stuff like that. Then you come back to these other scenes, and you've got like six superheroes standing around. Poor guy must have must have taken him a week and a half to do this issue.
2: And then there's also that one shot, this is one great shot I thought of, um, spider mans with his aunt, his aunt May, who's in a coma, and he's, he's trying to decide if he should go out on patrol or if he should and meet Daredevil, or if he should stay with his aunt, and he decides to go out. There's just one full-page shot of him swinging across the city, I thought that was awful. Yeah. Oh, I noticed that, I thought
1: was a really good page. Yeah, was, I thought the yeah. same thing. One other thing, I just one more thing I wanted to mention about the book is that I really like how um, Peter's personality... Has a difference when he's in costume and when, like in his. He's a lot
2: more confident in
1: costume. Right in his Peter Parker life, and I, I assume that's something that's being done deliberately. You know, in his Peter Parker life, he's not sure what's going on, but he's this little kid and he's willing to stand up to these other five dudes who are you know adults and you know big buff superheroes and celebrities and stuff, and and he's just willing to sit there and tell them like it is. Like when he's he's got the one frame of Daredevil standing over him, looking down at him, and he's pointing his finger at him, going, "No, you listen, you know." Yeah. That's that's I really like that. That's yeah.
0: I mean, it's just—it's just masterful. I mean, it's great. I mean, I—the I, layouts in this issue were just amazing. Like, especially the classroom layouts. Like, I, I mean, I think—I know, you know, you know—I think Josh has been pretty harsh on Bagley in the past, but I've always—I've liked him since before this book. So, i um, and I'm—and I'm a little hesitant. Like, I'm curious to see what Stuart Amonin's going to do to his art style because I know he's changing it a little to to match the book. Um, but I haven't always been a fan of 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 his work, so I'm curious to see what's going to happen. So, but I'll still be here for the writing. So.
1: I'm sure it'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. Ben Taylor is writer for the artist he's got working with him.
0: Right, yeah. And he also get, and he really gets excited for when the artist tries something new. You know what I mean? Like to hear him talk about Maliv trying that new thing with Avengers. Like he really he really likes pushing the the, the
2: um medium. the medium. Yeah. So. Well he's a pure comics guy. I mean he he's yeah. just everything about comics he loves. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: shall we shall we explore the corner of another ultimate uh book? Sure. Uh, the X Men, which I'm now reading.
0: You are? Oh nice. Yeah, Good. I've been
1: reading it since you picked it.
0: Yeah. Oh, good. Um, Kirkman's, you know, Kirkman's doing a great job. It's something interesting, you know, as we segue between Spider-Man and X-Men, and not, you know, um, I was actually talking about this the other day. And if you read Augie DeBlieck's column in, in uh, CBR, um, he was talking about um, Spider-Man. He was talking about what was going on in the in 616 with the black costume and everything. And he was he he pretty much laid out how there's a template of things that happened to Spider-Man that have done that have happened all through the years, where where you know he he. Gets really angry because somebody's hurt his family and he lashes out and or somebody offers him to, to lose his powers or to stop being spider-man and he he r- wrestles with that concept and that's kind of been alluded to in ultimate spider-man like it just happened with you know uh, fantastic four being able to you know read saying listen i can take your powers away and him having to think about it and all that kind of stuff and someone close to him getting hurt i mean it's this template of the spider-man story i i really that resonated when i was reading ultimate x-men number 80 because this is a template of an x-men story like, the classic X-Men stories are involved with Xavier dying or leaving, them questioning the dream, people leaving, people coming, you know what I mean? And so I, I thought Kirkman really was, you know, in this different Ultimate Universe, has been really, really true to that template of the X-Men stories, you know? So you, t- you so. start
1: with that basic skeleton framework, and then you lay your unique voice over it, I suppose? Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. I mean, because th- th- even though this was the typical Xavier's dead, what do we do, and, you know, oh, Wolverine left, you know, kind of story, which I've read 17 times... It felt completely. It felt completely different.
2: So, are you enjoying it now than you have in the past?
0: Yeah, no, I definitely. This is a, this is a this is a renaissance of Ultimate X Men. So, Boy, I, I
2: I gotta tell you, I just I was
1: shocked when I found out Xavier was still alive.
0: Oh uh, well, yeah, true. <laughs> I, I was like,
1: oh my god, I, I just didn't see it coming. <laughs>
2: nice. That was, that was just shtick. I'm sorry. <laughs> So yeah, but um, are you feeling better about the whole Cable as Wolverine in the Future Thing or not?
0: Uh I I would like to know more.
2: You know, I li- I like the little robot.
0: I like that guy. Mm-hmm. But um I would like to know more about it.
1: Is this the first uh appearance of Ultimate Pyro?
0: Yes, I believe it is. Which which honestly is a much better um A much better representation of Pyro because he's all burned.
2: Yeah, I like the fact that it's more realistic that he'd be burned up.
0: But even more so is that it's the first mention, the first reference to the ultimate Morlocks, and the Morlocks were one of my favorite things of the X-Men canon. Um, This idea of all these, you know, these mutants who are not pretty and and not X-Men living in the subway tunnels in New York. I mean, it's a great concept, so. What
2: do you guys think of the art by Yannick Paquette?
0: I I think it's it it gets the job done. (laughs) I don't mean yeah. that in a in a backhanded kind of way. I mean like it's good. It's not bad.
2: Yeah. It's, it's not my favorite, but I think it's it's pretty good. I think right. it works. Yeah, I really like it. I, I mean, I've I've read a lot of reaction people who hate it, but I I enjoy it. I think he's really good.
1: Cyclops and Aaron
0: Eckhart chin. Yeah, yes. I thought Cyclops was great in this issue, by the way. Cyclops stepping
2: up. He was good. <laughs> you just look for that anywhere you can get it It's <laughs> Cyclops you. table scraps <laughs> I love Bishop trying to tra- get, get Iceman to get off his ass just,
0: yeah well that, that's, a, that's, that's funny because that's another I mean that's been a thread that's been through the X-Men canon for you know 20-25 years is that so many people see the potential in Iceman and he just never does it <laughs> Because like, if you think about it, his powers are really, really, really strong. Like he could be one of the most powerful mutants, and he decides to ice up and make surfboards. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, play with the moisture in the air or the you know temperature and that kind of stuff. You know, gets well, that
2: that's an instance where the Ultimate Universe works more than the regular Universe. In that, if he is like. F- 14, 15, 16, like he is in this book, that's that's more uh, a believable reaction, to, whereas if he's uh, in his 20s, young adult in the regular universe, it doesn't make sense that he, would, he wouldn't he would really buckle down and try to figure no, his towers no, out. Dude, no,
0: dude, uh, the exact opposite. At one point in the 80s, he got frustrated, quit, and became an accountant. <laughs> he's just like, he's like, I can't do this, I'm not good. You know, which I thought, which was great at the time, unfortunately, 20 years later, it's, he's still doing it, which I see your point there. Is but he's still saying, an accountant? No, no, he's not. Well, I guess yeah, yeah. I, I guess once a CPA, always a CPA. He's, but...
2: he's like
1: you can see him in like an H and R block at like eight thirty at night, in a rumpled shirt, his gut sticking out. He's chill. He's chilling drinks for his coworkers. Yes, fine.
2: Around March, all the superheroes start showing up. Uh, okay, you can deduct that. Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> Um, well, did you buy the cape for the show, or was it more?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Ultimate X Men was good. It was a good week for the Ultimate. Books. I,
1: I wasn't sh- like I don't. I was hesitant whether I would want to keep reading this because I sort of started. I I started reading at the end of the last arc, and I I was like, well, maybe I won't know what's going on. And I did. Like I, this is actually with my sort of very small knowledge of what's happened. You could pick this up and read it from here, and and you know. Like a lot of people like to go back and find it, but I I think part of the fun is to start a comic book in the middle and then try to figure out what's. I love doing that for some. I always have. I I like knowing nothing about what came before. I mean, like when I first started reading comics, there wasn't such a thing as jumping on points so much. Yeah, you just had to get in there and figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I, I always liked that. Yeah. and that was that was fun because it's it's the same discovery as if it started new but it's not being spoon-fed to you. Right. And, and I love having to go ask people
0: what happened and who's this person and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's it's I actually really find that fun. So I don't so much think people need to have everything spoon-fed to them so much and read from the beginning. Sometimes things are really good from the beginning, but you know, sometimes when you're 80 issues in, that's not really feasible. But comics should be written so that you, know, you, can, you can start reading them and, and enjoy them. And if you know, you've got a half a brain, you can probably figure out what's going on. But any, my, my point being, I, you know, having read the last three of these, I really like this. And I think I, can, I want to keep going from here. Awesome. Good.
2: So when Josh and I went to the comic store this week, um, we're buying our books. And I, I walked over to him and I showed him Action Comics 847. And I, pointed, oh. I pointed to the name of the writer. And he just went, oh, come on. I, I, I didn't I didn't buy it because of that.
1: Well, I checked on
2: uh, which we should we, we should clarify it's not anything against Dwayne McDuffie, it's just the fact that it's another fill-in issue. Right. Oh
0: no. Oh no. I'm against Dwayne McDuffie. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> I checked I checked on I don't know like some comic book store's website and I, it said it said Richard Donner, so I was like okay, and I put it on my list and I got there and I would have bought it because I guess some place some retailers have faulty information. Um. That be and I was like – Wait, a minute, I said wait a minute. Wait a minute.
0: Wait a minute. Where do you check for your listing of comics?
1: Midtown Comics. I didn't check my listing there. I go there and see what the issue looks like and to see the little blurb. Why don't uh, you go to dccomics.com where they have the full yeah, breakdown? That would make sense. And okay. I will do that from now on. But um, <laughs> Well, the other thing is what I do is I pull up the Midtown page and I look at um, – <laughs> which books they have coming out, because it's not just the DC ones, so like, I check out the Image ones that are coming out.
0: <laughs> you, know that we, place. you know that we put the shipping list on iFanboy every week, right? <laughs> I know
1: that. When I go through there, there's no descriptions of what anything is. Right. Okay. So if I see like an Image number one book, I like to go and look what it is. Uh, okay, and, and fair unfortunately, enough. Image Comics, isn't. I don't think he's arranged it that well.
2: Well, now that we took this extra special trip into our lives, let's talk about Action Comics 847, which was a fill-in, although... Um... You didn't point this out to me until after I bought it. Didn't uh, I? Because mean? I wouldn't have bought it. That's oh, that. you're right. I pointed out to you back when we got back to work. That's yeah. right. My, however, I didn't mind it. Yes, it was. It, didn't it? Didn't it sort of take place during the storyline too? Yep. It was like a side trip. It was during the storyline. It was. It was.
1: It was uh, Pa Kent, who's apparently about the same age as Superman. All right, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. That's uh, the whole. He, he was telling a story to Ma Kent, Pa and Ma. Um, about something that him and him and Clark did together, which uh, you know was like, okay, that's a, it's. If you're gonna do a fill in, this is a good way to do it.
2: Yes, no, I had, I had no problem with the story. It was a fun little story. Um, it, it works within it. That, that's a good way to get around the slowness of the main mm-hmm. story. Is to is to go off and tell a side character story during the main story. Um, my biggest and I liked the art. I really liked the art style. It was kind of. A bit of a Tony Harris ripoff, but still, yeah. it was good. But um, my biggest problem was he he draws Clark and his father to look almost the same age. Yeah, they they the Kents were not old enough. They were not old at all. And he I think he draws Superman too old, which is what I think one a problem across the board in DC is that they is is he's 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 drawn way too old. Do you know how old Superman's supposed to be? <laughs> um. I think it's been. I think it's. I think the last time they actually said anything, it was like thirty-two, thirty-three. Yeah. And he's he's way older than that.
1: It's funny because I've been reading comics for years, but I've really only read like a handful of Superman books. And I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, this is good. But haven't they done this? Like, I just can't imagine there's anything left to do with Superman anymore. I imagine he's one of the most
2: challenging characters to write. He's challenging because they don't like, they don't actually let you tell any stories with him. You can't. They don't. You can't actually ever change. Superman. You can't break him down. You can't do
1: to Superman what Bendis did to Matt Murdock.
2: No, you can't do any of that stuff because he's a corporate icon. That's too bad. So he fights a lot of big monsters and robots and aliens and. Which is boring as shit. Yeah, which is why I keep buying the, the books whenever they put a new team on it. And then after about six or seven issues, I end up dropping them just because nothing ever happens. But uh, I just I don't understand why why they're they're why. His father is being drawn like he's in his late 40s.
1: I, I, I let If you let that go, though, and you wanted a good Superman one-shot story, for sure. some reason you were craving Superman, you could go out and get Action 847. Dwayne McDuffie seems to have a pretty good uh, read on the characters. It was well-written. Ron, you didn't buy that? did not buy it.
2: Well, then. It was. A, it was.
1: A, I. I really like the art style outside of you know the, the particular rendition, which didn't really bother me so much because, like I said, I don't follow Superman all that closely. I don't know how many. Ti- I don't know what the Kents are supposed to be now. Have they been retcon? Didn't.
2: No, they're they're old, gran- grandparents in every other comic. Okay. Um, this is Ultimate I, Jonathan Kent. Was I the only person that bought Wonder Woman's number six? You in fact yes. were. Yes. Uh, all right. Um, monologue, monologue. Wonder, Woman's been a, Wonder Woman has been a bit of a problem. Uh, <laughs> Wonder Woman, you've been a bit of a problem. We're going to have to let you go. They started off with Alan Heinberg. He did the first two or three issues. Um, they, they, those took about a year to come out. Damn you, Heinberg. Um, and they were really good. It's just that they, they took a year to come out. And they had, the Dotsons were on the art. And then they did a fill-in issue with five, which I thought was really good. And then six issue six is... Um, the new writer, Jody uh, Pic pick, pick, that's, wo- that's the woman that went to college with Jim Lee, right? She's a novelist. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah, this yeah. Is,
0: there's
1: a spread up about it on my fanboy.
2: Yeah, yeah, she um she's the new writer and Drew Johnson's the re- the artist and I really like this comic. Um I like Wonder Woman stories where she's actually a superhero because everything else gets muddled into the whole um greek mythology thing and it gets it gets just too wrapped up in it like the greg greg rucka wrote wonder woman a few years ago and it was i didn't like it he he, he delved too much for my tastes into the into the mythology and i don't i find that stuff boring but i like her as a superhero they don't you often portray like this her. yes i do i liked it a lot i was curious because people were really not liking it no I, I like this i enjoyed this quite a bit there's a lot of interesting and clever um commentary on her as a character Said she's not very popular, and there's, they they reflected that in the story that all of her toys are discounted, and and people people are just dismissing her within the DC universe. Uh, you know, as in favor of Superman and Batman. Really? Yeah.
1: They touched on the fact that her toys are discounted in the comic book.
2: Yeah, like they went to a, they went, she, she the whole the whole premise is that Wonder Woman is not uh, she's she, she's trying to live a, a life amongst the people. She, she so she's an agent for the um, Department of. Uh, uh, the superhero department the government which his name escapes me right at the moment right. um, the, and so she's with she's walking around her civilian identity and they go into a, su- a store and she's looking at the toys there's Batman figures there's Wonder, Wonder Woman there's Superman figures in her and the Wonder Woman toys are all 75% off because nobody buys them wow um, and which and was, the other
1: one of the other criticisms I read was that she was—it was written like like
2: somebody said the writer hadn't watched anything since the, the the TV show. I I don't know what that means. The whole the whole point is is her trying to reenter society and get in touch with 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 humanity and and like she didn't she didn't know much about humanity. She doesn't know how to pump gas, which makes complete sense to me. Like why would one like, Woman know how to pump gas? Like George Bush didn't know what the grocery scanner was. Yeah, I mean I I don't I think probably most most people. She, I mean, let's let's face it. She lived in a Greek island, and she lived on a, in a on a base up in the moon. Why would she know how to pump gas? Yeah. She wouldn't. She wouldn't know how to do any of this stuff, which is the whole she point lived, of this series. If she lived in New Jersey, she wouldn't know either. Exactly. I know oh, people from normal. New Jersey don't know how to pump gas, and they they, they don't even have powers. Exactly. Um,
0: so there's a certain
1: power, but nothing.
0: <laughs> it's more it's more of a smell. <laughs> oh. Like she, in new Jersey, don't write in. We know. Oh, it's, it's, we're kidding. Anyway, It smells bad. Um, <laughs> At least it doesn't smell as bad as Staten Island.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, you know he's always come from Ron. <laughs> Just
2: in case we get the, you all know. I do not own what he says. And the other thing <laughs> is that she doesn't know how to use the subway, which also makes sense, because if you, if you go to any new subway system, usually people are, are confused. And if you're Relax. used to flying... And You never used the subway before. You wouldn't know how to use the card and all that stuff. So she,
1: she would ask me how to where to go on the subway because people ask me all the time because I'm apparently the most non-threatening person in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'm constantly getting asked directions. That's Excuse nice. me, non-threatening white boy.
2: <laughs> so um, I'm really excited for this for this reboot. I, I, I like Superman. I always buy Wonder Woman reboots, hoping it'll be good this time, and, and usually it's not. Um, so for now, I'm excited.
1: I'm glad to hear that. Yes. Excellent. There's no Dodsons on that, is there? No,
2: there's not. It's Drew Johnson. No, they they only work with T V
1: writers.
0: Dodson. We got Dodson. We got Dodson.
2: <laughs> Green Lantern number eighteen, which um I uh, you, you you I'm we curious all bought to see what you guys thought of it. Yeah, we all bought that.
1: I can speak to this because I think in the <laughs> same way, all I heard all I saw on the website was people saying it sucked, and I was like, I I didn't think it sucked. I thought it was great. Yeah, I did too. I totally yeah. had fun with it. What do you people think? Yeah, want? So did I. yeah, it was awesome. Also, this art is great.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was
1: yeah. I'm flipping through right now, going, "This is." I don't even think I noticed it when I was reading it the first time, but now that I am, the coloring and everything. Yeah, in this book, it's
0: it's amazing. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, the, the only the only thing I could nitpick a little
2: is that I didn't like Hal Jordan's hair. That's <laughs> you know what? He, dude needs an update. We've been All complaining right, that
1: they're keeping him as like a man. Yeah, he's, he's
2: kind of it's, it's more it's more modern kind of hairstyle than little, it would little indie boy. Yeah, than the standard uh, like crew, you know.
0: But um, no, I thought this. I thought this issue was great. I thought it was. It was. This is. This is the Greenland. I still have a problem with? I feel like I'm supposed to know more about this cowgirl character than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's my fault, not she's Jeff. A hot Dalton's chick fault.
1: in a tank top and a cat and a hat.
0: I think
2: all all we really know about her is the fact that she's one of his fellow pilots, and she's a hot yeah. blonde who likes him, and he likes her, and and then and now they're knows. just starting to get together. Yeah. Um, uh, Ferris. Carol Ferris shows up and starts Sapphire, and now she, now Cowgirl starts Sapphire, and that's a great twist because. What I
0: thought, what I thought was great, is that you don't need to know about the history of Hal and Carol Ferris. They, like, he explained it in enough words to be like he's like, oh, we used the date, you know, but she's yep. married now, you know. I like, was just glad to, to, to get a little
1: pie face in the beginning.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> I didn't write it. <laughs> but and, and the, the Dave Gibbons backup is yeah. great. Yeah.
2: So. I didn't like that so much. Oh, I liked it. I liked it. I don't know. I could. I had a hard time getting through that one, but not because of Dave Gibbons. just because yeah, I, I want the Sinestro Corps to start. I don't necessarily need to hear the whole history of it.
0: Hear, the, See the build up. Well, they're going to start another book called the
2: Sinestro Corps. Well, I'm not buying that. But, no, um, they're going to start it, and we're going to see the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know if they did that. So. No, but this was a great Green Lantern comic. This was fun. Yeah. I, 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 I love know. Crazy X girl from the Superpowers. That's a great, uh, great story.
0: Awesome. I no,
1: yeah, I had no problem. I don't know. I honestly, I don't know what people didn't like about it. It wasn't like the most original story in the world, but you know, he's it's, it's a problem for Hal to have to deal with, and it wasn't like Hal feeling sorry for himself and people, you know, making him feel bad. So, you know, what's the problem? Yeah. And it was really. I, this art's great. I've said it before, but I keep looking through it. It reminds me of Phil Noto a little bit.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's very good.
2: It's very very good. So. Daniel Acuna, Ron, you got something yeah. offbeat.
0: Yeah, well, a little offbeat. I mean, aside from the um, superhero kind of stuff, uh, the Pirates of Coney Island number five came out from Image this week, and and I've been reading this book from the beginning. And I don't know why I picked it up, um, because uh, I guess I, the first issue cover kind of had that kind of punky kind of feel to it, and it just it's we're up to issue number five of of an eight issue run, and it's 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 just a lot of fun. What's you know, the premise of it? The premise is, is that is that this new kid shows up in Coney Island and he gets you know jumped by one gang and another gang kind of takes him up to his wing and there are all these little warring gangs that fight at night and um what, you know one group are the pirates and the other group are the cherries which are girls and it's, so it's the warriors yeah no well no I mean the, in that the warriors was a bunch of gangs I mean it's, it's not West like West Side he's, Story yeah maybe well yeah but there's no real romance I mean just the fact that they're the, the common but thread but there's dancing there's no dancing but um the, the thing is, is that it's not like I said, it's not the best comic book in the world. This, by no means, is Watchmen or anything like that. Um, it's it's very kind of surfacey in terms. Of, it's pretty much violence, and um, and that's about it. But um, but there's a there's a subtle little story. Actually, it might be a little West Side Story because uh, the the new guy and one of the girls from. Um, from uh, the rival gang, hook up at the end um, after they have a, a freaking bloody knife fight, and it, it just ends on a great panel where they're just laying in a pool of blood and knives are on either side of them, and then the girl's got her hand at his pants and they're making out. So, um, is her name Maria? No, it's not Maria. But, um, but I don't know. I mean, but the thing is, is that it's written by Rick Spears, and it's it's the art's by Vasilis Lolos, who I probably mispronounced. I'm sorry. Um, and the, the coloring is just really, really good. Um, they, um, it was colored by Nick Filardi and like the 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 art just jumps off every page. It's got a lot. It's got a lot of um, uh, di- dyna- dynamicism to it. Um, it really kind of flows really well, and dynamism? it just dynamism is that a dynamicism? I don't know. Dynamism, sure. yeah, it's very dynamic. The page is very dynamic, and um, I guess uh, uh, Vassilis's art reminds me almost of like the Gorillaz style art. You know the band. You know the Damon mm-hmm. Albert band. It only it reminds me a little bit of that with the big kind of eyes and the the you know I don't know, but um. But it's been it's been a lot of fun. So it's five issues into an eight issue run, and if, if if anybody's looking for, I don't even have anything to compare it to, really. You know, like it just it's very, um, it's it's you know kind of punk inspired gang violence, and it's which
2: <laughs> which gang wears baseball uniforms?
0: None. Interesting. <laughs> I,
2: didn't, so,
1: I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about now.
0: <laughs> neither do I. I'm not even. In it. Am I supposed to get that joke? Am I the
2: only person that's seen the Warriors?
0: Oh yeah, uh, right. Oh yeah. I haven't seen it in years, but yes. I I was off of the Warriors. I dismissed it that quickly. But um yeah, Pirates of Clinton Allen. Pick it you can you could probably e- unfortunately you could probably easily find issues one through four. <laughs> but um it's a good book. I would I would recommend trade. it. I would recommend it. So Yeah, definitely in train, so
2: Well, there you go. All right. Those are books of the week. If there are any other books you uh you want to talk about that we haven't talked about, then go to iFanboy dot com and there's the pick of the week thread, you can talk about stuff there and
1: there are definitely, lots of others worth talking about, and uh, we'll we'll continue to do so there. Yeah,
2: this week was sort of going into it, kind of looked blah, but it ended up being pretty solid. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. All right, so if you uh, need shirts, go to GeekArmor.com. They sell t-shirts with a geek in mind, with a heavy focus on comic book t-shirts and a nice selection of video games, sci-fi, movie, and TV shirts. You're sure to find something you would like. Check out their latest original designs. It's a red shirt with a phaser hole in the front. And it says, I went on a away mission and all I got was this l- lousy T-shirt, which uh, probably isn't so new anymore. So go to and check them out today. And tell them my Fanboy sent you. Right.
0: So um so the email the email deluge continues and our first email um comes from Mike G from Canada um who who writes in saying that Connor mentioned on the forums that um I fanboy as a whole is generally very strongly anti CGC anti grading anti slabbing anti speculation. It's in caps. It's, yeah he's yelling at us. Well um, I did that. I wrote that in caps on the oh okay forms um. He's wondering why we're against the whole collecting for cash aspect of comics. Did we ever get into that collector mentality? Maybe during the early '90s money grab period. Do we keep our comics in bags and boards, or we just read them and toss them in a long box? And what's the most you've ever spent on an individual comic? So um, good questions, all. What's Let's our position? F- what's our position on um, on collecting for cash?
1: We're all Bad. we're all fairly similar to that. I mean, I assume that if you guys were like me, you know. Because when money got into it, and that started happening, the crash of the '90s happened. Yeah, and that's that's basically why I don't like it because it made it made
2: covers and flashy things uh, make make it make you know that was what that was the priority, not the, it wasn't the content. It was how can I sell this comic from the cover alone? And it right. very nearly killed the comics industry entirely. Well, well not I the think- comics industry. It would have killed. It would have killed mainstream marvel dc comics it wouldn't have killed comics, comics well, would have the, but the thing yeah. is
1: those those mainstream comics are what keep comic stores open right for the most part without the without marvel and dc most comic shops wouldn't make enough to stay
2: open stores. no I mean, i'm not even talking about comic shops i mean there would have been there would have been independent comics there would have been comics that just wouldn't have yeah been.
0: comics would have died yeah but I, I know what you mean but for me it's more personal in that i tried to i pl- i played the, the money game in the early 90s i, you I did I, well, Oh yeah, I I know. I, I bought a bunch of books. I tried I tried selling books, and I, I came to. It was kind of al- almost one of my early business lessons where I realized that there was a lot more supply than there was demand. And even to this, I mean, even to this day, if you, I mean, eBay changed everything. But I mean, if you, I tell people who have comics and they're like, can I sell them? I'm like, well, if it's worth fifty bucks, you, you hope you can get twenty five bucks for it. You know what I mean? Like, it's always like it well, just it's
2: have worth twenty five.
0: If it's worth 25, you get 13. You know what I mean? then, like, that's what I'm saying. But
2: then it's worth 13. It's only worth what you can get for it. Right,
0: no, but the, the problem is, is that things like Wizard are over, I guess they're overpricing what the, you know, the, 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 for things from the demand. Now, CGC, the reason why we're anti CGC is because I don't know if other people understand exactly what happens with that, but you send them your comic book, they look at how the, the, the grade it is, they give it a grade, and then they seal it in plastic, never to be opened again.
2: Yeah, it's not like a backing board, it's in a plastic slab.
0: And the thing is, is that the moment you open the plastic slab, that's when the the grade is no longer is no longer valid. So it's like I, I don't know about you, but I like to read my comics, you so know. That's so for they're not so right, like, exactly look at the
1: cover and the ad in the back.
0: Exactly, but that said, I'm the last one out of the three of us who still bags and boards all my comics. <laughs> yeah,
2: but it's different. But you're not yeah. doing it. Yeah, you're doing it to keep them in good condition. Yeah, I do it because I'm obsessive compulsive.
1: <laughs> it's for you. It's not right. so that they'll be worth something. You're not right, exactly. planning on your your retirement, right? Like, exactly. You, you can't look at you couldn't look at a comic book and be like, "Oh, that's near mint." Fine. You don't know.
0: Right. I have no freaking clue. It's hysterical. You should you should see me when I'm go in my store and when, when I'm buying old issues, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm looking for X Men number 19. Like, "Oh, here's a here's a here's a VF copy," and I was like, "What the hell does that mean?" <laughs> I was like, "How much is it? Just give me bottom line. How much?" <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, we don't, we don't, this is, it's it's completely antithetical to the whole point of comic books. Yeah. Um,
1: What's
0: the, what's the most you ever spent for a comic book?
1: (sighs) Recently, um.
2: Like a single issue.
1: The last time I bought a back issue, like really, like that wasn't, I wasn't just picking up old issues off the racks or whatever so I could read a whole story. The last time I bought, like it was on the wall or in somewhere and cost more than like cover price. Was probably in the first time I went to to San Diego Comic Con in two thousand. I bought JLA number one Grant Morrison's for like 17 dollars. Wow! I don't know why I did that. That's us give them a half? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, there's, 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 I'm not gonna tell you. There's not a historical value behind some of this. Now, also, when we talk about speculation, you know, would I pay money if I had it to buy like uh, Showcase twenty two, the first appearance of Hal Jordan?
2: That's love- not speculation, though. That's, that's actual value. Right. No, I'd love to have that.
1: Yeah. yeah. I would love to own that. But when we're talking about stuff from the
0: 90s and later... Right. Yeah, you no. Know, well, yeah. There's, I mean, when you're talking about spending... You know, I mean, like, I spent $8,000 on my copy of Amazing Fantasy number 15, and that made sense at the time.
2: Spent how much? Said, I'm, <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 most, the most I've ever spent was um, X-Men number 18, which is uh, 1965, and I think I spent $75 on that. And, it's, and let me tell you, it's a shit condition. Yeah, uh, I remember
2: you showed it to us. Well, most yeah. of those books are in a shitty condition.
0: I love that book though. I like right, it. Right? No, totally.
2: If, if it's got, if were you buying it so that you could later turn around and sell it, or were you buy it because you loved it as a, you know, a reader I'm, and as a, I'm you know. Buying a,
0: I'm buying it in, in a to read it, and then in my effort to have a complete run.
2: Right, but that's not you're not yeah, but that's not that's still not speculation though. No.
0: Right no, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. So
2: I think I don't know how much the most I spent on a book. I, the famous one is is that I always remember is buying Silver Surfer 50 for 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 20 bucks. <laughs> but, you off? <laughs> um, in like 90 92 or whatever it was. But I mean, I, I'm sure I, I'm sure I've bought back issues for more at some point in my life. But I haven't bought a back issue in probably 10 or 15 years. So who knows? Yeah.
1: Because okay. right. now we have trades, so...
2: Yeah, exactly. I don't,
1: okay. I don't buy back issues anymore. Because the thing is, you go back then and you buy one back issue for 20 bucks, you get the first issue. Now you spend 20 bucks, you get the first 10 issues.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So, All right. Vito D from New York writes in and says, are you guys reading Checkmate? Holy shit, the last issue was killer. This is quite possibly the best DC book published since Gotham Central. My question is this. First, are, are we reading it? And second, if any of you are, what do you think DC needs to do to give this book a higher profile? Because this book should never be canceled. Vito,
0: um, he's right. This is a fantastic... I'm, I'm even reading this book. Yeah. I mean,
2: I, he's right, too. I thought the last issue was really good.
0: Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And ho- hopefully it doesn't go the way of Manhunter and get canceled, renewed, canceled, renewed, and all that kind of deal. Here's but. the
1: problem, is that it's really hard to promote books that are good that are <laughs> no matter what, and this book doesn't have anybody in it.
2: Well, the thing what they're doing is that is is Checkmate and The Outsiders are having a a multi part crossover, um, wow, which smart. they've been they've been promoting um, online, uh, because if you if you if I know you guys don't read Outsiders, but it's it has been dovetailing story wise with Checkmate. They've been dealing with similar um, problems and organizations, and they they reference each other. Yeah. Um, and I guess they're coming to a head, Judd. What's happening is um, uh, Checkmate is sort of the government organization in, in the DCU, and outsiders are really a, the Outsiders are really a rogue superhero group. They, they take out governments. They take out anybody they think is bad. Um, so kind of like the DC Authority. And um, Checkmate is now going to step in and try to stop the Authority, uh, the, not the Authority, the Outsiders. And uh, Winnick and Rucka, the two writers of the two books, are going to collaborate and write the books together as – um, cool. Winnick and Brubaker did on Gossip Central. Cool. Cool. So they're not going to switch off issues. Like it'll be it'll be Checkmate co-written by Rucka and Winnick, and it'll be Outsiders co-written by Rucka and Winnick. So if anybody's interested, um, I know Josh may want to check it out because it's going to be Winnick writing, you know, Nightwing, and he said he's going to deal deal a lot with Nightwing and Sasha because it's the first time they've ever actually met. Okay. Um, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting crossover, I, I don't think. Know,
1: see, though, I don't, I don't know if that's going to get more people to read Checkmate and stay with it. That's, it's a tough one. Because well,
0: the, 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 the thing is, is that I, I'm a firm believer that all comic companies like Marvel and DC should have a book like Checkmate being published at any given time. That's, like a create, that's really high quality, a creative darling that might not have the best sales. Unfortunately, sales tend to lead, and if it's not selling well, and I don't know how Checkmate is selling. Uh,
2: it's not selling. It's not horrible, but it's not good either. Yeah. yeah. I mean the, yeah. I, like
1: I said, I think the problem with it is there's nobody in it who's recognizable. And right. so sort of the stalwart people are like, uh, "Grand I'm, I'm not buying it."
0: As cheesy as it is, what they need to do is they need to get freaking Wizard or somebody to write an article about it and dub it the 24 of Comics. Like I like I said like I know like I said when I reviewed it a couple of months ago when I yeah, said It just, totally is, yeah. Yeah, it's the 24 of If you like 24, you will love this comic book. Well, you know,
1: the you know the other thing that has to happen then is that if if they always do this, and what will happen is it'll get on, it'll end up on the chopping block, and then there'll be an online petition, and then it will or won't be saved. But you know, people have got to be like, if you like this book, you've got to get your friends to buy it and talk about it. And if you know you've got other podcasts, you're doing whatever, you know, we're talking about it. That's the you know that's what we
2: can do and. We can thank Daryl for basically shaming us into into from the no from the shit. shaming us into buying this, so that's true. I forgot about that possibly the best the best thing Daryl's ever done
0: for us the best oh, thing Daryl's like ever
2: nice. done was that voicemail from the bus. yeah, that's true <laughs> <laughs> but he we we can't thank him for 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 shaming us into buying checkmate and that's something we appreciate um, it does work both ways.
1: But you're not wrong. It's a damn fine book.
2: Damn. Fine. And there's a trade out now. There's a trade of the first yeah. six issues, so, so, so if you're if, thinking if, about so checking so, it out, yeah, I bet it reads really, really good trade form, actually. Yeah.
0: So everybody who's who's listening, who's not reading Checkmate, go read Checkmate and help us save it. So because now we're the forth runners of the Save Checkmate campaign. <laughs> um, <all right. laughs> I don't know that it needs saving, though. That's the thing. I've <laughs> never, heard, I've not heard anything there, about yet. it about it being trouble. Are we going to turn it into
1: an endangered species before it is one?
0: Uh, no, that's not. No, no, Save
1: no, no. the checkmates!
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, our next email comes from Ollie, who is a 14 year old comic fan. So, there's another teenager. We've been hearing a lot from the teenagers, which is awesome. So, please keep them coming in. Let us know that you're out there. Um, he really likes our show, but he um, wants to know why the hate on Justice League of America and Wolverine Origins. Uh, Brad Meltzer's story is great, and it had him guessing in Red Tornado's fight with Grundy. Wow, just wow. Way to go at Venice. Great art. Wolverine Origins is a great look at Wolverine, drawing from his hidden past to a story of some great woe. Never thought of those moments. Steve Dillon's art is great, except for the nipples, which are strange. I mean, Ollie's nipples don't look like that. He's just wondering why we don't really like those books, and if he's totally mislistening to our comments.
2: Why don't you start with Origins, since you're the only person that's read it?
1: Before before mislistening to our comments, we don't all hate it.
0: Right. well, 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 no, I mean... I think he's dead on with... No, he's not dead on, but he's close with Wolverine Origins. I read Wolverine Origins purely for my Steve Dillon fix. I love Steve Dillon's art, and it's fantastic. Um, Daniel Way, I do not know what the hell he's doing. And I know he's gotten a lot of flack online, but I'm sorry, dude. It's just like, close-up shop, you're done. You know, like, it's bad. It's really bad. Um, so you
2: don't like it, and that's why you don't. Correct. I I'm. I buy Wolverine Origins purely for the art. Why? Why is it that... I mean, I know... Again, from our, our, our forums and our community, lots of diehard Wolverine fans recently have given up the book, and that was a yeah. hard thing to do. Why they is it? They haven't given it up. No, they, they have. They've given it. they've given it up with this issue. Why is it so bad? Like, because, what is because, it about the story?
0: Because the, the problem is, is that they, it, it, the great the concept was okay. Great Wolverine got his memory back after House of M, so now he knows he knows the truth, and he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be running, looking for looking for answers. And to me, that sounds like a great four issue mini. And somewhere along the line, and I thought this was a mini, somewhere along the line, it became an ongoing. And there was a great, there was a great thing where he, had to, he got some sword, and Captain America got involved, and blah, blah, blah. And then now it's changed, and, and now we find out that he has a son who has a really bad mohawk. And like, it's like they already did this with X-23, trying to give him like spawn of Wolverine. Like we don't need it again. It's kind of a rehash. And the thing is, is that, and this gets into a continuity issue, this is completely set outside of Civil War and everything that's going on, yet happening at the same time. And it does, It just doesn't make any sense. So, well,
1: isn't the other thing that people have bitched about is that they pay for a full issue comic book and they go buy like that? Like, aren't they really like? I I have no.
0: I've had there are twenty two pages as far as it's not. No, like, I know.
1: I guess, but like, it it doesn't feel. People have said it doesn't feel like there's enough content
0: in it. Right. Well, yeah. Well, I I mean, uh, I guess I, I guess considering I don't like the content that's in it, I'm okay with that. So,
2: <laughs> I've never felt it was a good idea at all to ever explore his origins, and I feel like there's nothing, nothing good has come out of that. Right, I agree. It should be a mystery. I agree. So. I, I anyway. agree
1: with that, but I, I've never read the book. I don't care because I don't want to read the book. So I'm, I've said one thing or another. I've
2: well, I mean, I read, I read that original miniseries, you know, where they they revealed his true his true upbringing and stuff. And by Martin, Jenkins, yeah. the Destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, that's horrible. That's awesome. And just nothing, nothing good I think has come out of that. As for JLA, um, I, I actively. Dislike this book. Ron doesn't, I, I think, and Josh a, enjoys it. So I like you, it. I, I like it. No,
0: i more like it than I don't like it.
2: So I, I think the idea that we all dislike it is wrong. It's just me. I don't like it. Yeah. But then again, kidding. my opinion counts the most towards JLA. Right. And oh, I well. And,
0: and, <laughs> and, and apparently we're all morons because we couldn't follow through the last couple of issues, but um, but they were a bit confusing. You got to admit that. So um, yeah,
2: I, I I like it a lot, and I can I we could, I can tell you what happened.
0: All right then. So what happened? No, I'm just oh. kidding.
2: <laughs> I, right, also not, I also, am not a really big fan of Benis's work either. All
0: right. So um, we got a request for our next email. So Josh. Oh Jesus! I'm not a
1: fucking monkey. <laughs> do it. It says Stuart, Stuart, Stuart from, from London. London, England.
0: How? What? What sort of Londoner would you like? Just do it. Just yeah. do it in, in, in whatever the, your best one. I was on holiday. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm going to do it in the worst British accent ever. I'm going to do it. do it, do it, do it. I was on holiday in Scotland recently, and I needed to get myself some graphic novels. I bought Jonah Hex: Face of Violence. I, I feel bad for Stuart. I don't, I don't. I'm not making fun of you. I'm making get fun through of the me. email. Okay. I thought it was absolutely fantastic, with great gritty stories. I only got it because of the recommendations, because of your recommendations. So thanks very much. Are there any other Hex graphic novels I should get? I've never met read any hex before now because of the strip of skin across his mouth always put me off. It just seems impractical and unrealistic. I know it's now part of the character's ironic identity iconic, you? iconic 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 oh, well that works too. do you think an artist could get away with? moving it more to the edge of the mouth or a future writer is getting hexed to cut it off with a hot knife I, was also, I also bought American Born Chinese, which he was glad to see in the UK Waterstones, it was also superb and thanks for the recommend on that as well I'm listening to loads of your previous podcasts and giving me lots of ideas for what to buy, keep up the great work
0: I, and, Can you say
1: garage? Garage, <laughs> garage. Stewart in London, England
2: <laughs> for BBC this is Stuart
1: I think I did like three accents there you I did every something.
0: time you stopped you started a new oh, one sorry okay so um, so go Hex
1: I must I must sound like uh, like uh, Don Cheadle in Ocean's Eleven
2: <laughs> worst <laughs> accent ever uh, I, the, 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 that's how he looks I mean his face the skin the flap of skin is there that's I mean. the point I love, yeah. that, I love that, that
0: that's what turned him off from reading the book he's like ooh, creepy <laughs>
2: Well, that's why that's why
1: Connor hates Strong Guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> why? He's got, he looks stupid. Oh, a okay. little Doodle of hair. Yeah. I like. I love Strong Guy. Okay. Uh, but
1: uh, you know, like, no, you you can't change that. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's he looks that way, and and that has, and you know, besides just the scar on his face, you know, that's part of why he's outcast from society. But I think his body's also pretty effed up too.
2: Uh, well, I mean, the scar on his face is from when he got burned by the Indians mm-hmm. yeah. and tortured by that other group. Um, and he, but even
1: if you were to cut that, his eyes—all
2: his, yeah, his eyes—all
1: messed oh, up. It's—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's,
2: it's, it's, it's an outward appearance. It—it it frightens people as part of his identity. He's—I um... don't, don't even like it.
0: Okay. Um. So, what book should he read? What other should he get? Well, there's that
2: old the the the, the book you
0: got us for Christmas, Ron. It the show, was the showcase, uh, showcase edition, which just came out. Yeah, the old uh, black and white reprints of the '70s ones. Yeah, which
1: are much more hardcore than you would think. But they yeah. were, you know, they were done in the '70s, so. They read a little like 70s books, but not not so much in a bad way. So if you like that, um, as far as modern stories like – But that's
2: this, it. I mean you, you, you've you got all you've got. Jonah Hex is not far in.
1: Yeah, so that that's what there is. He hasn't been around for a while. There was a couple of miniseries. Uh, Azzarello did a, a series called um, El Diablo out of Vertigo. And yeah, that, that was might, good. That might or might – I don't think it's in trade. Um, a lot of people are still digging uh, – what's his current series from Vertigo? Loveless. Loveless, of course. Um I stopped reading it cuz I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, me too. Uh, but that, it's really nice looking. That that might be another one you can check out.
0: Cool. Uh, other so than that he's not cutting the skin off. No. So Stuart, we're glad we're able to help you find some good books and American poor, Chinese good purchase even though I have no idea what UK Waterstones are.
1: It's like a it's like their their
0: bookstore. Oh, okay. Cool. It's just like a Borders. So if you have um I only know things in America. Um if you have any <laughs> If you have any, um, any questions for us you want us to answer on the show, send us an email at ifanboy.com contact.ifanboy.com. Um, so now on to the voicemail. Um, our first one um, has got a, uh, a good question that is up. You guys can't even do the intro. Let's just play it. <laughs> hey, iFanboy. This is Darren from beautiful Southern California calling. Now, my question for you this week is this. Which do you guys consider to be the more essential read? them essential or Sleeper now I'm not asking for your Desert Island top two if I could only have one none of that BS all I'm really asking is which one should I get first because I want to pick up the entire series of both w- runs regardless so yeah thanks for your help guys Let-
2: well I think everyone knows what I'm going to say but my uh, po- uh, my question is if he's going to buy them both why not just get them both because Kilpatrick is known for ridiculously huge orders of
1: books well I'm going to go buy them all because he doesn't have all the money right now
2: jeez <laughs> <All right, so. laughs> oh, well, you, you, we've all read – I mean, bronze read at least part of Gotham Central, so what would yeah, you I think?
0: I mean, Gotham Central Sleeper, I would I buy both. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> He's going to get them both. He wants to know what he should start with what's better.
0: I know. I, I, Answer I mean, the question. Uh, Gotham Central. Yeah. Cause it's Gotham so much, Central. Because it's, it's easier to relate to. Because the Batman, it's admittedly Sleeper is part of the Wildstorm universe, and you don't need to know the Wildstorm universe to read it. But I think Gotham Central is a little more familiar territory.
1: Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say Sleeper.
0: No surprise, uh, surprise.
1: Four, no, it's, it's four books. Um, so is Gotham Central. It's five. Well, that's uh, not the whole thing, though.
2: Is I that all of them. Yeah, I think they're so. all they're almost all they're they they're one storyline away from being yeah. all of them.
1: Okay, but you can read through the entire Sleeper right now, and for me, like that was a book I just couldn't put down. I. I it was. I would say it was more immediately thrilling. All right, cool. uh, Gotham Central was good. It was a slower burn.
0: Hey, h- how about you think for yourself? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> if they do that, we're out of a show. Oh right, yeah, no,
0: yeah, um, yeah. I mean, take your pick. I mean, like, Sleeper's a little more intrigue, and Gotham Central's a little more cop
2: procedural. You know, you're not going to go wrong either way, really. Yeah, exactly. you, can't, you, yeah can't, you can't. You can't blow that. Pick. It's
0: like trying to decide between a porterhouse and a flamingo. You know, you're going to win either way. Oh, why'd you do that? All right, Oh, hungry. All right. <laughs> On to our next voicemail.
2: Yo, it's Sanchez. I was wondering, do you guys have any like comic shop pet peeves? I bring this up because I was at a comic shop, and uh, I was asking if they had a book. I don't even know what it was. But I said, hey, did you have this book? And they just point to the racks. Like, I wasn't just looking there for five fucking minutes. Idiots. I hate that shit. So uh, you know, what pisses you off about comic shops?
1: Please. Uh, you know, I haven't had these horrible experiences with the comic shops, but I've heard them from all sorts of people. I've been really lucky, I guess.
2: Well, that's that's the problem with most comic shops. Is is most places are run like that.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I think I've been yeah. I've been to just great comic shops where like I I either knew what I wanted and never deal with it or I
2: like there were great guys who worked there. I've had two I've had two similar uh encounters at two different stores. One was way back when Pedro and Me came out. Um, I went to the store, and I was, this is one of the big stores in, in Manhattan, and I asked the guy, I couldn't find it on the rack, and I asked the guy at the, at the counter for Pedro and Me, and he looked at me like I had foreheads. Nice. <laughs> Which um. was amazing, because it was a big book. And then a similar thing happened at a smaller store when, when the first CSI comic came out to a lot of fanfare. Yeah. Uh, I asked him, and he was like, well, if it's not Marvel, I don't know what that is.
0: Uh, I, I I haven't. I've been lucky enough to be shopping for the past you know ten years at a great store. But back in like the '90s, I worked at a store where the guy who worked there just belittled everything I purchased. It was just like I'd walk up there and like every comic's like, "Oh, X Men, come on!" I forgot about. And, like, that. I just I was like, "Oh, I was like, yeah, I like it though." But um, actually though, um, Sanchez, if you if you tune into Around Comics this week, another podcast, uh, Connor and I were both on it on the show. Um, we don't. I don't know if it's it's either Monday or Thursday one of the shows. But their whole theme for the episode was uh, comic shop horror stories. Uh, or like, what makes a good co- uh, comic shop? What makes a bad comic shop? That sort of thing. So um, you can probably hear a lot of people griping about similar topics. So, so I
1: mean, the best thing you can do is don't go to that shop anymore if you can. Yeah. 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 Exactly. He lives in the city. He's got options.
0: That's He's true. Good. Totally. So and a lot
1: of people don't. If you're stuck out in you know like a small town somewhere, you've got the one shop and you have to go into the
0: the android dragon
2: comics for Den. collectors. Yeah. Den. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, comics for collectors. Don't, oh, stop. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm very excited for
2: our last voicemail. Hey, guys. It's Mike uh, from L.A. How are you? Uh, sorry, i missed you in San Francisco. I'll see you at Comic-Con. Really quick question. I see all these posts and uh, editorials and, and, and all this other stuff about the mystery in 52 and whether or not I've, uh, I've solved it yet. And uh, do you guys know what the hell they're talking about? Because there's a mystery, and I just thought it was about Black Adam getting really pissed off. So I was curious um, what you thought about that. And aren't we all happy that those Ghost Rider advertisements are gone from the comic books? Because there were a lot of them, and they made me angry. All right, uh, see you guys in San Diego. Bye. Yeah, that's a real good question.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I don't even know what the mystery is. (laughs) They actually haven't touched on it in like... In, yeah. in months every, every like five or six issues, somebody goes fifty-two, and and yeah. I guess that's supposed to mean something.
0: I've actually read it more in the back page in the DC Nation column than right. I've read in the comic. You know, like yeah. I'm so. just
2: following the story. I don't know if there is a mystery. Or there funny. is a well. There the big advertisement in the comics is: Have you solved the mystery yet? Yeah. I don't know so. what the mystery is. <laughs> what is the question? I can't get <laughs> the answer. I didn't study. <laughs> I wasn't aware they would be an exam. It's totally true. I mean, oh uh, god! It's
1: not just me, right? No. <laughs> that's well, it's like Didio's trying to sell us something. Listen, we're already buying the book. If you're not buying the book by now, you're not gonna start now,
0: dude. That's fucked
1: up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. That's crazy. So, oh. no, I'm, I'm I'm curious what the mystery is I and what the, at what that the ad solution and, like, is. All the things I'm like,
1: I don't. I was like, isn't it the Booster Gold wasn't really dead? Didn't we finish like- that? It's like you flip back to the
0: comics and like crap, did I miss something? It's
2: <laughs> I'm not reading those again. Oh, God. I actually might. I won't. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cool. So if you have a question, if you want if you're dying to know the answer to a mystery, you can call us at one eight 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 Fanboys. That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. And as aforementioned, you can also email us at contact ifanboy dot com.
2: So. You can also go to ifanboy.com for all of the in-depth discussion on the weekly books and all of the other topics uh, that come up ac- across the week. And there's also the f- link to the forums where you can bring up your own topics or uh, ramble on about the nonsense that goes on there. Yep. And, <laughs> and then, of course, every single Wednesday,
1: uh, 3 p.m. East Coast time, noon on the uh, on the West Coast, and whatever the times in the middle are. Uh, <laughs> flyover times, Whatever. <laughs>
0: Flyovers.
1: Yeah. I, when I was driving across the country, I had such a hard time with that. Wait, what yeah. time is it now? Like we
0: we were anyway. Uh,
1: uh, <laughs> uh, this last week was the Big Alan Moore show. We
0: have a great one coming up this week. Yep. Um, and and um, yeah. So like Josh said, every Wednesday at eight o'clock. But also, um, if you. You're, if you're if you're a fan of um, IPTV and you like Revision 3, you should check out The Totally Rad Show, which launched last week. Um, that comes out on Tuesdays. That's by our friends Dan and Alex and Jeff. And they're doing a great show about geeks, you know, things geeks are into, movies, video games. They're going to touch on a little bit of stuff, comics. Um, first episode was awesome, so
2: we strongly urge you guys to go check it out. So, um, Yes. Don't forget to go to Frapper.com slash iFanboy put your pin in the Frapper map and uh, represent yourself amongst the... Uh, hordes of people all over the globe.
1: Lest you be doing some
2: spacing, you
1: can go to <laughs> myspace.com ifanboy and join the, the hordes of friends we have, and, because we'd like more, or at comicspace.com ifanboy, and when they figure out what to do with that website, we'll be all ready to go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and also, if you dig the show, you can go to Podcast Alley or Podcast Pickle or iTunes, and you can um, you can give us a rating or give us some reviews. We saw a couple of new reviews trickle in for the video show. Thank Review you. Review so- it more. Yeah, please let people know what you think of it. I mean, it's the best way for us to get feedback other than you guys telling us we suck via email. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Also, if people go in and they're looking to see if there's something they like and
1: they see lot, lots of reviews or you know something that's, that's, uh, that looks good, then more people will watch it and then we can
2: keep doing it. Not you can also go to dig.com, which is digg.com, and there's a podcast section. In the podcast section, there's an arts section. And in that section, there's the iFanboy. And you can dig the show you, in general. You can dig each episode and you can uh,
1: dig other podcasts.
2: Yeah, dig all the other shows you like. They're all in there. And, fi- and finally, you can um, if you like what we're doing and you want to see more
0: of it, you want to help support the cause, you can go to ifanboy.com slash donations, and there's a little tick jar. You can pay through PayPal, and any donations are appreciated. So, All right, cool. Well, it's a beautiful day here in San Francisco where I am, so um, I'm going to go hang out now. So,
1: Well, fine then. He's going to go smoke <laughs> pot with his hippie friends.
0: <laughs> totally. He's
1: going to talk about overthrowing the government <laughs> and and, and men to men. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, wait. What did the mayor do? Drank.
0: Oh lawyer. yeah. No, did he do on his wife? Well, did he. His campaign but, Yeah, he did. He did that too. He did nice. that too. Yeah.
1: Love yeah, that. It place. Was,
0: it was a, yeah, it was a it was a good job by that guy. So totally put <laughs> McGreevy to shame. Totally put totally, <laughs> to shame. But...
2: Well, that's all, yeah. folks. All right, Bye.